0: If you're listening to this episode right now, that means that we have officially made it to 20 freaking 22. Holy smokes. Goodbye, 2020. Goodbye, 2021. Thank you for coming. See you again. Never. (laughs) If you're listening to this, it means that it is the new year. And it also means that I am officially one year sober, which is crazy to me. To say because A, I was just supposed to do one month of sober January last year and here we are. B, because there was never like this deep addiction or anything like that. And so the decision to remain sober month after month after month has really just been this unfolding. It wasn't something I set a goal to do or that I was anticipating doing. It just felt right. And so I thought that there really wasn't a better time to sit down and reflect a little bit on the last 365 days, why I stopped drinking in the first place, what challenges came up for me, and then the things that I've noticed along the way. I asked yesterday on IG stories if you had any questions about my journey Into sobriety, and I was shocked. There were over 50 questions that rolled in. Some of them overlapped, so I'll try and get to all of them in this episode as we talk through things. I think one of the main things that I want you to know is that I hold zero judgment towards those individuals who are drinking. In fact, those of you who have a glass of wine right now while you're listening to this, I cheers to you. I mean, this for me was such a personal decision based on my own health and wellness and where I was at. It really, truly isn't something that I'm committed to doing for life at this point. It's just for right now. And so I just have a lot of respect for everyone, no matter where they're at. All my friends drink, except for Scott, who also took a year off with me. And I adore them, and we have a blast together, and I don't even really think about it when they pour themselves a glass of wine or order a margarita. It just doesn't cross my mind. I don't know. This is so about me, myself, and I. So no matter where you're at with your relationship with alcohol, there is so much space here for you, and I just hope that in listening to me reflect on my own experience that perhaps that allows you the space to reflect on your experience as well. Let's start off at the very beginning of why I even decided to stop drinking in the first place. I didn't feel like I had an addiction to alcohol. It wasn't a huge issue in my life, but I'm at the point right now where I'm so crystal clear about where I'm going and how I want to feel that anything that isn't in alignment with that starts to stick out a bit like a sore thumb. So at the end of every year, I sit down and I take a moment to do a bit of a personal audit of where things are at, what's working in my life, what's feeling aligned, what's not feeling aligned, what's moving me closer to my goals that I've set for myself, and more importantly, what's moving me closer to my core desired feelings. So those feelings that I want to experience in life, what is supportive of me being in alignment with those. In 2021, my core desired feelings were love, gratitude, abundance, and wellness. And so I look at day-to-day, month-to-month, even moment-to-moment, whether or not the choices that I'm making, the mindset that I have, the words that I'm speaking are in alignment with those things. Love, gratitude, abundance and wellness. Those aren't always my default. I have to work hard to move myself into that space, but that's why I even set these intentions to move into the core desired feelings is because I want to show up in that way because those things feel heart-centered to me, those things feel good to me. So, I do this audit and in 2020, like everybody else, I've been through a lot. I'd carried a lot. I mean, it was an incredible year for our business. There was a lot of growth. I did more coaching than I've ever done before. And so, on one hand, things were really amazing, but there was also a lot of emotional weight and stress and unknown and fear that was popping up. And so, as I sat there thinking about, you know, how to get myself to a space where I could show up for others, show up for myself, show up for my kids and my husband, there was a piece of the puzzle that I was engaging in several times a week, which was drinking wine, <laughs> but wasn't necessarily allowing me to align with my best self. So that's where the concept even came up of doing a dry January, of just cutting it out and allowing myself to reset a bit. I also struggle on and off with anxiety as most of you know and my anxiety increased a lot after having kids. So ever since then I've been really focused on up leveling my health and wellness. I've invested time and money and energy into healing and then at the same time I was engaging in this activity Which was totally negating all of the work that I was doing, or at least not allowing it to make the impact that it had the potential to make. So when you're putting all this time and energy and money into something, then you're pretty committed to that. And if there's something that's getting in the way of it, you really have to start to ask yourself whether or not it's worth it. I mean, for anybody who knows what it's like to live with anxiety, it's not comfortable, especially when it's really heightened. So, It is definitely not aligned with my core desire feelings. And while I have acceptance over the fact that it's there and I have learned to work with it and live with it, if there's anything that I can do in supporting my body in functioning at its highest level, you better believe that I'm going to do it. So I really wanted to expedite my healing journey. I wanted to work on the same team as my body. And I noticed for me with the alcohol, it had this strange, interesting relationship in regards to my anxiety. So I would drink and my anxiety for a moment would be relieved, you know, like I'd have that first sip and it just takes the edge off. And then a couple hours later, I would start to notice that I was potentially, depending on the situation, sometimes feeling more anxious. And definitely the next day, I was feeling more anxious. So it was further perpetuating my anxiety long-term, but in the short-term, it was giving me a bit of reprieve. And that's a bit of a dangerous cycle. I was noticing that on days where there was stress or anxiety or a lot was going on, that my mind automatically went to, I can't wait till I can have that glass of wine at five o'clock, or I can't wait to have a drink to take the edge off. And it wasn't an over-consuming thought, but I just didn't love that I needed this crutch in order to get me through the day. That's not (laughs) the way that I want to show up for life. Like I don't want to have to numb out or feel like I need alcohol to get through my life. So The idea was, let's push pause on alcohol for January. I'd done this before, so I knew that I could do it. And I really just want to give my body a chance to reset. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. over. I dove into some research about the effects of alcohol and was blown away by some of the things that I read because I think that it's such a normalized part of our society that we don't really question why we do it at this point. It's just what we do. We go for a glass of wine with a girlfriend. We have a bottle of wine with friends when we're out for dinner, we it, mom culture. I mean, there's just so much talk about wine at the end of the day to take the edge off of dealing with the kids and all of the things. So it's so normalized that I, I don't know, I'd stopped asking questions about really like, how is this impacting my body? I read one study from the University of Oxford which showed a direct correlation between shrinkage of one part of our brain called the hippocampus, which is a complex part of our brain that plays a major role in learning and memory. To be honest, I was blown away when I read this because I had been really struggling with my memory and in particular, short-term memory recall. Like If somebody asked me, what did you have for lunch yesterday? I mean, I could not remember in certain circumstances. There's this whole conversation around mom brain being a real thing, and and it totally is. But my kids both sleep through the night at this point. They're four and six. I feel like mom brain should be starting to dissipate, and yet it wasn't. So again, this was another reason that I wanted to sort of take a break from it and to see if I noticed any differences in regards to mental clarity There's also so many studies that link the effects of alcohol use, even in moderate levels, to heart, liver, digestive problems, cancer, a weakened immune system. And then the major things for me was mood regulation, sleep disturbances, and things like anxiety and depression. It's all linking back to alcohol. And yet here I am, even if it's just one glass of wine, having one glass of wine three or four days a week, and usually on the weekends having a little bit more. All of these are reasons why it made sense to push pause on alcohol for January was the intention. And then I was really shocked because Scott jumped on board as well and said that he was down to do it, which I truly think made all the difference in the world. We have now both been sober for a year together and it's been absolutely incredible and having that support person by my side. Well, I don't think I would have gone this long if I hadn't had that. So we decided January 3rd, we started because we had a big dinner party on the 2nd, which we clearly felt we needed to drink for. And then on January 3rd, We stopped drinking and I will say that it felt somewhat challenging for the first month just in that I was still thinking about how nice it would be to have a glass of wine. It still felt a bit awkward meeting up in social situations and not drinking. So there was a period of time where I wouldn't say it was hard, like I wasn't having physical withdrawals by any means, but it just felt different. And that's okay. I mean, experiencing a bit of discomfort is completely normal when we're leaving the comfort zone and we've got to get comfortable in that. So I was more tuned into and noticing how I was feeling. And within three weeks, I started to notice some really incredible shifts in regards to the way that I was thinking. So I'll talk about those in a minute. I want to dive into some challenges though that came up over the last year. The first one I touched on a little bit already in that drinking is incredibly normalized in our society. It's just kind of what you do. Somebody sent in a question that said, why did you start drinking? And I thought that was such an interesting question. I think I had my first drink when I was about 14 years old because everyone in my high school was having drinks. I had two peach coolers And remember running down this beach, zigzagging and laughing my face off and thinking this is so fun. And any of my young teenage social anxiety, which I would not have known that I had that at that time, just sort of melted away. And all of a sudden I could be more social and more fun and out of my head. And it was amazing. I loved it. And so I just kind of continued on from there. In my 20s, we would go out to the bar or after work and we would do shots. We'd be drinking to the point of blacking out and it was all just kind of normal. So I never even questioned like why I was doing it. We are so influenced and impacted by those around us. And so when everybody else was doing it, it just felt like what you do. So I've always, you know, had drinks and then obviously as I moved out of my 20s and the hangover started getting worse and I had more responsibilities. (laughs) I wasn't drinking like that anymore. And my drinking patterns would look more like, okay, it's Thursday. Scott and I are going to open a bottle of wine. We may or may not finish it. Probably most times we do finish it. Friday night, go out, maybe have a couple of drinks. Saturday, maybe drink, maybe not. And then usually Sunday to Wednesday, we wouldn't drink anything. But it was this like, rotation of drying out and then Thursday through to Sunday, most likely having drinks. So the fact that it's so normalized in our society and that it's just kind of what you do also makes it really hard to stop doing it because we worry about what other people will think about our decisions. And then in some cases, those individuals who are still doing it will make comments or will push us to try and have us return to this normalized action that everybody else is taking. And if you are not really strong in your sense of self and the reason as to why you're doing it, that pressure can feel really uncomfortable. I was reflecting on this a little bit before sitting down to record this, and I was so lucky in that my friends have all been incredibly supportive. They've all continued to drink, which is great. I never had any expectation that they wouldn't, but they've never made me feel uncomfortable about my own decision to drink. And so I want to say thank you to all of them. And I feel so lucky to have an incredible support network. I know not everybody is that lucky. So I think that this is one of the biggest challenges that people come up against. The pressure that they feel from other people About the choices that they are making for themselves. And this really comes back to the fact that we have got to stop worrying about what everyone else thinks about our choices. One of our greatest human desires is to fit in and to belong. And so it's not easy to just go against the grain or to be the black sheep. But the more rooted you are in your why and an understanding of why it is that you're making this choice for yourself, then the more capacity you'll have to hold space as, you know, other individuals perhaps try to push you in one direction or the other. But I just want you to remember that it's not up to you to make everybody comfortable. Your job is to take care of yourself first and foremost. I read a quote that said, the easiest way to find out who your true friends are is to get sober. So if somebody has a problem with you making a decision that you've made for your own health and well-being, then that is their problem. It is not your problem. I also want to give you a big, beautiful list of individuals that I Googled, Who are not drinking, who are epic so that you don't feel alone in this journey. So Blake Lively, Elton John, Zac Efron, Bradley Cooper, Jada Pinkett Smith, Andy Murray, the tennis player, Jennifer Lopez, we all know who she is, Pharrell, Kim Kardashian, and David Beckham. So you're amongst good company. I also want you to ask yourself if that person who has something to say about the choice that you're making is somebody who you admire and you want to be more like. Oftentimes, it's not the person that you're wanting to become. There are tons of people who are really incredible doing amazing things who don't drink. So just be strong in your your stance. Know your why. And then remember, it's not your job to make everybody else comfortable. The second challenge that I came up against is that drinks are delicious. And drinks feel good. And they can be really fun. And if you're having a stressful day and you have a couple of drinks, it can turn things around. But what I had to realize was that it was giving me short-term pleasure and resulting in long-term pain. Sometimes we have to lean into something that's a little more uncomfortable, the short-term pain, in order to have the long-term gain or the long-term pleasure, right? So yes, it felt good in the moment, but the after effects were not great. In foregoing the drinking, it meant that I had to kind of give up on something that was short-term pleasurable and therefore lean into something that was a little bit more painful in the moment, saying no to that, maybe having to sit in my anxiety a little bit longer. But the long-term pleasure on the other end far outweighed that little blip of short-term pain. We've got to start making decisions that leave us in alignment in the long term. I want you to imagine for a second that you have two piggy banks that you carry around with you in life. You really want to start to examine which bank am I putting coins into? Am I putting coins into the bank that is going to allow me to feel my best tomorrow? Or am I putting coins into the bank that allows me to feel my best right now? You can put coins in both banks. That's totally fine. But you have to remember that by spreading out your coins... Neither of those banks are going to be quite as abundant. So if I've got this one bank that's about wellness and one bank that's about comfort and instant gratification and numbing, I made the choice for this past year to put as many coins as I could in the wellness bank, to put as many coins into the long term growth bank. And I really reduced the number of coins that I was putting into the bank of short-term pleasure, numbing, and distraction. If you drink and you don't have increased anxiety, you're not addicted to it, you're not really using it to numb out, it's mostly just because you enjoy having the glass of wine here and there, carry on, soldier. This journey isn't for everybody, but if you're listening to this thinking, wow, yeah, this does really activate my depression or my anxiety, or I feel like, I might be using this for more than just like a little splash of joy here and there, then this episode is for you. And these are all questions that you can reflect on yourself. The third and final challenge is that (laughs) taking away the thing that took off the edge meant that I had to really feel all the feels. I actually had to sit in my feelings and come up with new strategies to move through them. And this was also, while it was a challenge, one of the biggest gifts that I received in the last year Was really understanding how do I actually support my anxiety rather than just cover it up for a little bit. And in sitting with it, I realized how strong I am and how capable I am of holding space for a lot of different things. I say this all the time, but we cannot numb out one emotion without numbing out the other ones. Our brain can't compartmentalize our capacity to just block out anger or sadness or fear without subsequently blocking out joy and happiness and pleasure. So in getting brave enough to sit with those big feelings that were there in moments, I also opened up the door to feel all of the really big, beautiful feelings that much more. Let's talk about some of the benefits or things that I've noticed along the way. So within, I'd say about six weeks, I really noticed a shift in my energy, especially in the mornings. I found that I was able to get up earlier easier, which was something that I was struggling with since my postpartum. I also wasn't anticipating this, but I found I had a lot more mental space all of a sudden to think about things other than whether or not I was going to have a glass of wine, how much I should have, whether or not I would be able to drive home after or not, how I was going to map out my day the next day, depending on whether I had anxiety or a hangover. I mean, all of a sudden, all of that was just off of the table, allowing space and room for me to think about things that are Way more important to me. So that was a a great bonus that I wasn't expecting. I truly feel so much more present in my life. And the older I get (laughs) and the more I experience, the more I value my ability to really be in the given moment and to feel whatever is there for me to feel, whether that is joy or discomfort or happiness. And when you're not numbing out with substances, then obviously that presence is just so much more enlivened. So that is something that has been a true gift. And I feel it has also at the same time required me to be a lot more honest about what I actually need. So we we talked on this a little bit, but In mom culture, there's a lot of talk about like getting through to the end of the day and surviving the day with work and kids and all the things and having that glass of wine. And I, again, have no judgment towards mamas that are doing this. I certainly have done that many days. But now, instead of having the wine, which isn't there anymore... I have to ask myself, like, what do I actually need in order to get through this day? And usually it's really slowing down. It's like cuddling on the couch and watching a show with the kids or like I'll do a 20 minute yoga session with them or I will sit down and do a five minute meditation with them hanging off of me, but they see me breathe and now, you know, they'll do their own little version of it as well. Or I'll ask my husband to step in and I'll go upstairs and lie down on the bed for 10 minutes if I really need it. So rather than just covering up the feelings, I've been forced to learn to work with them. And that feels really empowering and helps me feel like I can manage life, whatever comes my way, whether it's a pandemic or navigating the ins and outs of business stuff, showing up on social media and having people say that they don't like you or what you're saying in moments, like all of that learning tools to support you in navigating those things that aren't numbing, but rather allowing you to heal through them feels really good. I also realized that I don't need alcohol to be fun or to have fun. And I truly didn't know that before. I thought that I needed it to kick me up into a gear where I could show up at an event or a dinner or with friends and that uninhibited version of Erin would come out to play. And what I've come to understand is that she is still there apparently. And I have so much more fun now. And, and if I'm not in the mood to have fun, well, then that's where I'm at. <laughs> and I probably shouldn't be at that thing. I should probably be doubling down on the self-care, right? So this took a lot of trust because I truly don't think that I knew how to have fun or how to just allow myself to be me, whatever that looked like in any given time. And I was using alcohol in order to be able to show up that way. So I'm proud of who I am and how I show up for things. And no, like I don't always show up that fun, energized version of myself. And that's also okay. So dropping that expectation for myself turns out if you put on a really good song and I'm with people that I trust and I'm comfortable with, I still do crazy things. We went skinny dipping this summer. Things can still get wild and be really beautiful and fun and you're feeling it all and you're really there. I mean, I think it's taken me a lot of work and and time and patience to get to this point, but that feels pretty amazing. I also noticed that I was getting better sleep. My skin has been so much better since I stopped drinking. I always had a bit of hormonal acne that would show up the week before I got my period, and it would be like painful cystic bumps right around my chin and jawline. That has completely gone away. So, again, that was a bonus that I wasn't expecting. I have also wasted no days being hungover which a hangover is essentially your body has been poisoned is incredibly dehydrated. So, I wake up in the morning and I feel incredible. If I do come home from a dinner, rather than just feeling like I immediately need to go to bed, I can read my book. I can crawl into bed with my babies and have a little cuddle. I can have a conversation with Scott or like tackle a couple of things around the house that need to get done. I don't know. It is next level. There's so much goodness here. I don't want to push anybody to do this because it really is up to you. And and it totally depends on your relationship with alcohol. But I would say if you're thinking about trying, you have nothing to lose, right? You can always go back to it. If you try it and you're like, this is way too hard, or I'm actually not experiencing any of these benefits that she's talking about, you just go back to drinking. But I think it's really cool when we can get curious about what works for us and what doesn't work for us. And the only way that we can understand that a little bit better is to try things. A few tips for trying no alcohol. The first is the most important. Know your why. Understand why you're doing this. Is it because it's kind of trendy right now and it's something that a lot of people are doing because that's probably not gonna allow it to stick? Is it because you are struggling with something in regards to your health and wellness, mind, body, or soul, and you want to up-level that you want to work through it and expedite your healing? Is it because you want to learn how to be with yourself and your emotions? You want to understand and feel that strength within yourself that I was talking about? Is it because a friend or a loved one is pushing you to do it? Is it because you've woken up a lot of times with shame or regret about the decisions that you've made while drinking? Is it because you don't feel out of alignment? So just write down anything that comes up for you and understand why it is that you're making this decision. The second piece is having a support group or a support network. For me, that was Scott. Over the year, I've met a lot of people who are sober and have stayed in touch with some of them, but really having Scott for me was so pivotal There's lots of Instagram pages. Maybe you have a friend who wants to do it with you. There's lots of ways to get yourself that support and to surround yourself with people and voices that aren't drinking. Number three is to take it day by day. I never say that I'm never gonna drink again because I truly don't know if that's true. I just know right now in this season that it's not for me. And when I make the decision to drink again or not, it will also be for me. Number four, don't worry about what anyone else thinks about your choice. And if you notice that little voice of worry, just find that self-talk, that inner dialogue to let that part of you that is feeling insecure or worried know that you are safe and you are enough doing exactly what works for you and that whatever anyone else thinks about you, it's not your problem. Right, it's not your job to make everyone around you comfortable. Take care of yourself, and if someone feels uncomfortable about your choice not to consume alcohol, that's on them. Number five is to always have a drink in hand at social events. I can't tell you if you walk around without a drink in hand, the number of people who are going to ask you if you want to drink—literally everybody that you see is going to ask you. So. Get yourself a wine glass or a rocks glass or whatever it is and put something in it, some sparkling water, some apple juice, a non-alcoholic beer, whatever works for you. But right away, that's going to cut out half the questions. People don't even really notice if you have a glass that you're not drinking. I love drinking out of a wine glass because it feels special and it keeps that ritual of drinking something alive. And so for me, that's felt good. Every night at dinner, I have sparkling water or even just like plain water with lemon in a wine glass. And I love it. I'd also recommend finding some special mocktails or something that you really enjoy. I've got a list of things on my Instagram page at Robbie Jocks that I share. And some of my favorites are golden hour drinks, which are collagen water Sparkmouth has an incredible variety of mocktails that are really fun tossed is a brand that makes a non-alcoholic sparkling rose that is white tea based and it's delicious. I did Virgin Pisco Sours for a party that we were having recently. And I love all of these drinks. They're all delicious and enjoyable, and they don't give me a hangover or take me out of the moment. So find your list of things that you love. I also love ginger beer. If I'm feeling like a beer beer, I'll have Heineken Zero. If it makes you feel more comfortable... I would recommend letting people know that you're not drinking before you see them. So if you're meeting out with someone to have a glass of wine, just letting them know, I'm not drinking tonight. My anxiety has been really high, so I'm just going to stick with water, chamomile tea, but I'll be cheersing you, whatever you're drinking. I don't know. Sometimes I find that's helpful just to set the tone so that when you get there, you don't have to see any eye rolls or you're not throwing them off. They can prepare and decide what they're comfortable drinking. Just an idea. I don't know what number we're on anymore. I, I, I think number seven, maybe number eight. I don't know. Anyways, the next thing is to really notice and tune in throughout the process to how you feel throughout the day, in the mornings, giving gratitude for any shifts that you notice, no matter how small they feel. Because doing something like this, it's not easy. We're really quick to acknowledge how hard things are or how we could be doing better at it. So celebrating the little wins along the way, remembering that what you focus on grows. So focus on those wins and really allow the experience to be enhanced in that way. Okay. I'm opening up my phone. I'm going to look at a couple of the questions that you submitted through IG stories. Thank you so much to everybody who asked questions. There's so many great ones here. I think I answered most of them. So we'll just do a couple. Uh, okay. This is a great one. I feel there's no replacement for wine. Do you ever miss a good glass of wine? The answer is yes, of course I do. I completely agree that a big glass of red wine is incredible, but what's more incredible is the way that I feel without it. And so while it's great in the moment, the long-term impacts of drinking it consistently just doesn't add up for me. If you're not having any issues with alcohol, then can carry on, like enjoy your glass of wine. I'm all about balance when it comes to health and wellness. I don't think this is something that you need to cut out of your life unless you're experiencing that it's not allowing you to align with who you want to be, your core desired feelings, the goals and intentions that you've set out for yourself. For me, I've just gained so much more than the taste of a glass of wine. So it's, it's a no brainer for me that I would rather have all of the things that I've gained and lose the taste or experience of drinking that glass of wine. If I put both of those things on a scale, it's an obvious choice for me in regards to which one I'm going to choose. Okay, this is another good question. How do people react to you being sober? That's a great question. Usually people ask why I've decided to make that shift and To my face, at least, most of the time they're saying, that's awesome. And then they take a big sip of their wine and we high five. (laughs) It's as simple as that. I also think that a lot of people assume that you had a really treacherous experience or relationship with alcohol in order to make this decision. And that wasn't the case for me. So that's sort of where the conversation goes is is how this whole podcast started off as to why I decided to stop drinking. Anna asks, do you notice alcohol more in mom culture? I've been sober for a few years and going to be a mom soon. I think that there's absolutely alcohol intertwined into mom culture. But as soon as I stopped drinking, I just feel like I've seen it less. So it's not like you can't be a mom if you don't drink. And it's not like you can't find a community or friends if you don't drink. I think the main thing is to make other people feel Ensure them that you don't mind if they're drinking, that it's not a problem at all and that you don't hold any judgment over them or the decisions that they're making. Again, if you're out and about with other mamas, grab yourself a non-alcoholic beverage of some sort. And for the most part, people are okay with it. If they have something to say about it behind the scenes or they wanna talk about it, again, it's not any of your business and it just doesn't matter. This is about you doing what is right for you, And so if you've been sober for a few years, carry on. You're doing great. There's an Instagram page called My Kind of Sweet. This woman named Suzanne, style and sobriety, sharing mom life, casual, cool style over 40, all things sobriety. She's super cool. And she talks a lot about all of this. So following individuals like her or whoever you relate to, I think is also a great practice. We will always find individuals who are aligned with us, and we also don't have to only hang out with people who are doing exactly what we do. As long as we hold space for everybody, then usually, if you're in the right community, they will hold space for you as well. I hope in listening to all of this that you've just had a chance to reflect a little bit on what you want to welcome into your life in 2022, alcohol-free or not, and to maybe consider a little bit more deeply what your relationship is with alcohol and how you want that to look moving forward. I'm so grateful for everybody who's tuned in to hear a little bit about my own journey with this. I'm obviously not perfect or doing it perfectly, But I do know that it has been an absolute game changer in regards to how I feel. It's been so good that I'm not ready to give it up quite yet. So I'll be continuing to roll through 2022 sober, alcohol-free. I'll continue to share little bits of my experience or story. If you have any questions, please feel free to hit me up in my DMs. I would love to hear from you. Or even better, take a screenshot of this episode share it on your own feed tag at Talks. This helps other people find this content. And in a world right now where there are thousands of podcasts, I'm so appreciative of all of you helping me to spread the word. Sending you so much love. Let's get after this year 2022. We're ready for you. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week.